0: This is Commerce Shenanigans, episode 575, comic reviews for the week of Wednesday, May 2nd. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is our episode looking at uh, reviews from books that were released on Wednesday, May 2nd. As I record this, it's May 9th. It's almost time to look at new comics, but before we do, let's take one last look backwards at the month, at the week that was, uh, which was May 2nd. Uh, the books I will not be talking about, but I did want to at least mention that they came out, include new issues of Astonishing X-Men, Captain America... Let's see, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay, Cyborg, DC Nation Zero, Deathstroke, Hunt for Wolverine, Weapon Lost, Infinity Countdown, Rogan Gambit, The Shield by Hickman and Weaver, The Rebirth, which is a recollection of the first few issues of that miniseries which never ended, which is finally going to reach its end, uh, Venomized, Weapon X, X Men Gold, and you are Deadpool. So what, pray tell, did I have a chance to read? Well, I don't have a lot of time on this podcast, but I actually read a lot of comics. Uh, first up, we have Action Comics Special. This is issue number one, or Action Comics Special number one. Uh, you got different uh, creative teams lending a hand here. Um, and also, you have some nice ads of the upcoming Bendis run. Uh, the first story that starts us off. I'm actually looking for the credits here. Uh, I liked it. It was a it was a nice story. It was an interesting story about Lex Luthor. Um, a future version of Luthor comes back in time and attacks uh, Clark Kent, or sorry, I should say Superman. Um, it was a very enjoyable story. Action or action oriented. Interesting kind of look at what. Uh, Lex thinks of himself um what a future Lex thinks of himself as well. It's written by Dan Jurgens. I wrote by will conrad extremely very enjoyable series. Uh, then you have another book which I thought or another story which uh, I didn't really enjoy as much uh it's the uh it was suprema est Lex by Mark Russell and Joel Thompson. It uh, looks like he's going to be running for president. That part was kind of cool, but otherwise. I wasn't a huge fan of the way that this was written, and I just didn't really like it. And then last but not least, we have a story called Driver's Seat, with Superman and Lois Lane in it. Uh, it's by Max Landis, artwork by Francis Manipole. Um, it's a gorgeous-looking story um, by Manipole. Uh, an interesting story, and I uh, like the, the Merry Christmas uh, Lois moment. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird hodgepodge of different bo- different um, stories um, overall I'll give it maybe a seven uh, I think the strongest was definitely the Dan Jurgen story but, and with uh, will Conrad but um, not a, not a bad you know package uh, you get what like like 50 something pages Um... It's actually not not that bad. Um, you get a lot of content there. Then you have Avengers number one, which is the launch of the new series. Um, this is by a great team. You got Ed McGinnis on art and Jason Aaron on story. Um, it's good. It's got big, big, exciting um, artwork. Um, the inks are by Mark Morales. The color is by David Curiel. I really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, not a ton happens here, but it is a nice way of picking up off of. Uh, uh, the Marvel Legacy one shot from last year, kind of putting together what this team's going to be. So far, we just kind of have the core three, and we're seeing other characters that are eventually going to be part of the team as well. I enjoyed it. Um, did it have the most plot progression? No, but it definitely was kind of exciting. I think there was a lot of pages devoted to the BC Avengers or whatever you want to call them, and I think those lagged a little bit more. But everything else, I thought, was pretty exciting and uh, had a lot of energy. And a lot of that's because McGinnis. Uh, Aaron does a good job of trying to kind of pick up where all these different characters have been in really weird places in the last few years, uh, and actually putting them back on a proper Avengers team with the core three. I don't know if I really buy the idea that they kind of feel that they have to kind of bring the Avengers back to the core. And and it has to be them, them three. I don't know if I really think that Cap would have that much ego on him, but um, from a meta standpoint, it definitely fits, and I think that's what people want to see. I mean, we've had years of very different Avengers books, and I've appreciated that, uh, for diversity's sake, just to have so many different characters really you know, trying something different. And if you look back historically, there's been a lot of different types of Avengers teams, and I like that, but after a while, you go back to the core, and you do that for a little while. I mean, Music did it. Uh, I mean, Bendis did Bendis kind of did it, but not really. But and everyone's kind of tried to do it uh, to bring it back to kind of that core idea. Uh, so, uh, uh, so far I'm in, and the art's really enjoyable. I'm going to give it an 8. Next up is Batman 46. Uh, this continues the storyline about Booster Gold. Uh, I like it, but I don't love it. Uh, it's written by Tom King, who I do love. Uh, it's a year after the last issue uh, with what uh, Batman, uh, sorry, Bruce Wayne kind of made a big choice. Uh, but Bruce, uh, Booster Gold is trying to fix things. Um, things work out very differently than maybe he expected. Artwork by Tony S. Daniel, a really crazy version of Selena Kyle. I liked it. I thought it was well illustrated. I did not think it was the strongest of stories. I feel like we've gotten shades of this type of story before. Um So it was still entertaining, but it wasn't quite maybe up to the the high standards that I expect from Tom King, which maybe isn't fair, but when he knocks it out of the park so often, it's difficult when he doesn't do that. Uh, Then we have Batman, so that's 7 out of 10. Uh, Batman Sins of the Father, number 7. This is by Christos Gage and Raphael Ianko. The artwork by Ianko is still, you know, a little bit of an acquired taste, but I do like the story. Um, I do like, you know, Bruce trying to, you know, deciding to kind of take matters into his own hand. This is a lot more of an origin issue, uh, as we see a little bit, a lot more about what was actually going on, um, with the, the, the Deadshot character, and, uh, it's interesting, you know, again, it's a lot of just info dump and a lot of this version of the character, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was pretty, pretty well done, and got some good pacing in there, even though a lot of it is an info dump. Uh, next up, we have, and that's an 8 out of 10, uh, next up we have Green Lanterns, 46, um, I liked. I'm just trying to remember what I'm looking at it. I'm like, I know I read it. I'm trying to remember what happened in it. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, it's, an inter- it's an interesting story. You get a lot of different characters uh, that trying to they're trying to rescue um, Jessica. Simon kind of goes deep into, I guess, was her mind or ends up going kind of up against an evil version of himself. Um, Like with most issues that have done really well in this run, and so this issue is by Tim Seeley and I guess V. Ken Marion, Um, it really gets down to the core essence of the characters and really understanding where they come from uh, from a deep characterization level. A lot of this run has been about who these Green Lanterns are as people, how they interact as a team, as a partnership, and an understanding who they really are. And it's a little bit less about the superheroics and the cop stuff, although that's obviously still important. But I feel like it's a lot more about the characters, and I thought this issue was a really good example of that. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. I thought it was pretty solid. Uh, next up, we have uh, Nightwing. This is issue number 44. Um, I'm trying to remember... Oh, yeah. Beautiful uh, alternate or variant cover, I believe, by uh, John Romita Jr. Uh, very much in the style of his. Someone's on a rooftop and there's rain and you have the classic one of Spider-Man. He's just kind of hunched and looking over at you, whereas Nightwing's is just running at you, which I thought was cool. Um, I dug this. Um, the art was... You know, dark, but uh, I liked it. And it's written by Benjamin Percy, artwork by Chris Mooningham. This is The Bleeding Edge Part One. And it's, uh, it's a little different, and uh, it's kind of uh, technology plays a part here. We have Dick kind of trying to reestablish a part of his life. The artwork is dark. It isn't quite as light and exciting as maybe previous issues had been. Um, I'm interested to see where they go from here because things look like they could go very poor. Um, but I like I liked it. I'm gonna give it a seven. I wasn't like quite an eight, but it was it was close. It was an enjoyable read. The artwork's a little darker in tone. The inks are a little rougher. And uh, I don't know if it quite goes with... The, maybe it does go with the story, but it's it's kind of a, a rough shock when you're used to more elegant links that I feel like we've gotten in the last little while on Lightwing. because it's a character that kind of works more with kind of a more graceful visual sense. Uh, and then last but not least, we have Spider-Man 240, uh, which is the last Brian Michael Bendis uh, Spider-Man issue. Um, okay. Well, this is written by Brian Michael Bendis. I work by Oscar Basildua. Um... I think it was you know it was fine it was a weird last issue because you have like all this action happening on the helicarrier it felt like everything was kind of given very was very quickly wrapped up and we didn't really get a good sense of exactly how and why um now the issue is obviously and if you read the letter at the end you you know it's 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 kind of Brian Michael Bendis writing about what happened to him he obviously had a very dire health scare in late 2017 this is him kind of find a way to write through it and write about it and bring it into his work and have it occur to miles Morales in a way um that being said does the issue work is kind of his last issue does it feel like it really pays everything off no i don't think it does um it's an emotional issue but it doesn't feel like a proper last issue like it doesn't feel like he really went out with a bang it was kind of a weird it just didn't feel like he planned for it which obviously is the case because you know Things happened, and he decided that he had to write this. Um, But it's just it ends up giving the last you know bunch of issues a weird discordance with each other. It doesn't feel like we really get the payoff to a lot of what we should have gotten the payoff to. Uh, That being said, the last couple pages we have him writing a letter to the reader, and that's really interesting and uh, really heartfelt. And that I think it was was better written than the rest of the issue. Uh, I'm going to give the issue like a. I'm going to give it like a, I don't know, I guess a 7. It's not a bad issue. Just, it just it fails to capture the rest of the storyline very well. So I just felt like it felt like a weird offshoot. But it makes sense. And obviously it's heartfelt. And if you read the letter, I think the the letter is extremely worthwhile. And It's a nice kind of goodbye to what Sp- Ultimate Spider-Man was. The concept, the characters, uh, Benice's long-term on the book. Uh, going back, what, 18 years, 17 years? No, 18 years. So it's pretty crazy, and that's a, that's a lot of books. So I'll miss him on Spider-Man in general, but I, the last little while I can't. You know, I don't know if I've really enjoyed it that much. I think bringing Miles Morales into the regular universe took something away from the character, and I don't think the character ever got it back. And uh, I miss it being its own thing, and feeling like it was honoring the legacy of Peter Parker, as opposed to just living in the same car- in the same world. Uh, I, th- I think it did take something away from Miles' specialness and his legacy, uh, or the fact that he took on the legacy of Peter Parker. Anyways, I'm going to give it a 7. That's everything I'll be talking about today. Uh, This was a little bit of a quick... uh, uh, Looking forward to next week, some of the releases that we'll be talking about might be Darth Vader, uh, probably Despicable Deadpool 300, I'm excited about that. Uh, Probably I'll be talking about Hunt for Wolverine, uh, Incredible Hulk, um, Old Man Logan, Spectacular Spider-Man for sure. I'm I'm probably one of the first books I'll read. X-Men Blue, Venom, uh, over on the DC side, what's coming out from DC uh, next week. Uh, I don't know. Something. <laughs> Something's coming from DC. Here we go. Uh, Bat- Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. Batman White Knight. Uh, what else we got coming? Not a lot from DC, actually. New Superman and the Justice League of China. Justice League No Justice. Uh, let's see. Sideways. Suicide Squad. The Flash. Uh, Wonder Woman. And a bunch of other books as well. So we'll be talking about them in our next reviews episode. You can uh, rate and review the show on iTunes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And also listen to us on Stitcher. You can email me at shenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, upcoming episode... Uh, we'll be, I think our next episode is our conversation with Chris Sotomayor and then I think we go into a couple weeks of movie review episodes and then we come back with uh, either Brian Wood or Jim Krueger or uh, one of the other artists, or, sorry, writers that we have coming up as well. So uh, some good stuff and I'm looking forward to uh, chatting with them and having it on the show and having everyone listen to it. You can, uh, yeah, as I said, I was going to say you can email me, but I already did that. Uh, thanks for listening to Comic Shenanigans. This has been episode 575. I am your host, Adam Chapman, signing off. Bye-bye.